athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Pistol formation, fake it to Howard, throwing, Daniel, right corner of the end zone, he's got going for the touchdown, and the Bears are back in front. The former North Carolina A&T star Tariq Cohen continues to do his thing in the National Football League on Thanksgiving, 105 all-purpose yards and one touchdown as the Bears defeated Detroit 23-16. Welcome to the Dopest Show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a big show lined up for you today, and as you know, you know, from time to time here, on from the press box to press row, we sort of step outside of the box a little bit. And w- a couple of guests going to join us, as a matter of fact, today on the program. The movie Tiger is in theaters now. And one of the stars of the film, and if you don't know about the film Tiger, it's about a young man who uh, was a former soccer player and became a boxer. And he was doing quite well in the amateur ranks. Um, was ultimately forced to shave his beard. He had his beard because of religious reasons. Uh, he was forced to shave the beard, and it's just a whole story behind it based upon a true story. And one of the stars of that film, Tiger, is also a pretty little liar, actress, and singer, Janelle Parrish. Janelle Parrish going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, a lot of you may not know the name Bill Duke. I know a lot of you are going to know the name Bill Duke, but a lot of you may not know the name Bill Duke. Bill Duke is an actor. He's a director. He's a producer. He has produced uh, and directed films such as Hoodlum. He has been in films such as Menace to Society, Car Wash. He's been in a whole bunch of films over his outstanding career he has a new book out he's going to talk to us about it today here on from the press box to press row actor producer director bill duke going to join us on the program i'd invite you to google him you may some of you may not know the name but i guarantee you you'll know the face bill duke going to join us today here on the program always want you to join us on from the press box to press row Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. While you're there, follow us on Twitter. Also on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. We're on Instagram as well, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. And my personal Twitter page is dware one dware one Thank you to all of those listening to us on our great Affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. As a matter of fact, we have a new affiliate to introduce, and we're going to do that 
a little bit later on in the program. Those listening to us on Sirius XM, channels 141 and 142, and those listening to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. Missed you guys last week, just had to take a little bit of, you know, just a little bit of time away. It was Thanksgiving weekend, got a chance to really just chill and relax. Hope you enjoyed the replay from the press box to press row. Um, we had really some, had a chance, uh, uh, interviews that we had prior to the National Football League draft with Brandon Parker. Uh, also interviews with Darius Leonard, who leads the National Football League in tackles, uh, by the way. And also Danny Johnson, who had a nice game for the Redskins um, the other uh, the other day. Um, uh, matter of fact, on Thanksgiving, I think he had he had a good, pretty good game on Thanksgiving, even though the Redskins lost that game. And speaking of the Redskins, boy, I'm not really sure what the Redskins were thinking about in terms of signing Reuben Foster. Of course, Reuben Foster again accused of domestic violence, and as soon as that happened, the 49ers cut him. I, I you know, because of Everything that has happened to this young man, I mean, he's been accused of domestic violence multiple times. He's also had been in in trouble, had a marijuana charge. And, you know, here come the Redskins signing Reuben Foster. Now, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm a a huge Redskins fan, obviously, and I'm not going to sit here and try to defend the Redskins. I would say if it was the Redskins or any other team, I mean, they must have done some. They must have done their due diligence on this. We know that they. We know that this is a talented football player. I know a lot of people are going to compare his situation to Colin Kaepernick's situation, which, you know, it, it, it's not. Listen, we understand, and I've said this on this program many a time. We understand that Colin Kaepernick is getting blackballed out of the National Football League. There's no question about that. Anytime you have other these other quarterbacks that are signing, I even made the comparison when the Ravens signed RG3. Essentially, to me, RG3 and Kaepernick, they came in the same year. Uh, in a lot of respects, the same quarterback in terms of that read option when they first started. But to me, Colin Kaepernick, A, was more of a winner, led led the the 49ers to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship game. Um, Also, um, you know, just was a better quarterback, I thought. So that told you right there to me, in addition to speaking of the Redskins signing Mark, Mark Sanchez and all of these other guys that have come and gone and played and been signed and are no good. And Colin Kaepernick is still has not been signed, but you know, again, I, I will continue to say that is true. He is getting blackballed out of the league. But at the same time, if Colin Kaepernick was a was I mean, I don't want to make a comparison, but if he was on the level of some of the elite quarterbacks in the National Football League, even if he was kneeling, he would not be he would be playing in the National Football League. I know a lot of people I'm not making the comparison to Reuben Foster and Colin Kaepernick. I know a lot of people have. But, I mean, that's just sort of my take. But, again, getting back to the Reuben Foster situation, I'm just not sure if you're the Redskins, why would you do this? Like, what's the purpose? I know the young man can play. There's no question about that. But he's got all kinds of off-the-field issues, including domestic violence. So why would you sign him? I know the first time around 
um, when he was accused, he the, the story was recanted. This is the same woman that um, accused him the first time around. Um, you know, still, at the end of the day, from a PR standpoint, like why would you want to do this to yourself if you're the Redskins? I don't know. Maybe they know something we don't know. But speaking of the National Football League, you know, a lot has been made of Baker Mayfield. And, of course, the Browns defeated, like, blew the Bengals out on Sunday. And uh, former Browns head coach uh, Hugh Jackson is an assistant coach, a special uh, assistant coach to Marvin Lewis. And a lot had been made because, you know, Baker Mayfield had made some comments um, about Hugh Jackson and, you know, it was just sort of a if you saw sort of the postgame handshake, it was very, very awkward. And, you know, I'm not really going to speak to the comments that Baker Mayfield made, whether he was right or wrong. I think there's always to me an approach to making certain comments. But I would ask the question, how in the world does Hugh Jackson, two weeks after being fired by the Browns, go to the Bengals? Like, how does that happen? You know, a lot of times I like to compare things that happen in professional sports to real life situations. In real life situations, when you work for big organizations, let's say you work, you're in a, in the, in a media, you work for a media company. A lot of times what's going to happen is if you are fired from that company, if you resign from that company, whatever the case may be, then you're going to have some kind of window where you're not allowed to be hired by a competing company. So, you know, and again, you know, my wife and I have a lot of conversations, a lot of time, and we debate uh, quite a bit, particularly when it comes to sports. And, you know, I posed that question to her. It wasn't about Baker Mayfield and his comments. It was more to me about the fact that Hugh Jackson is even with the Bengals right now after being the head coach of the Browns. She sort of made the statement that, well, players get traded all the time. You know, that that's a, that's a pretty good point. Um, but again, if you're but 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 players are players and then you have upper management and I would consider a coach uh, probably in between a player in upper management, but more on the side of upper management, because obviously the coach is going to be part of a lot of the decisions that are made. So how does that like I don't I don't even get that whole situation. I mean, I understand Hugh Jackson, you know, has to make a living. I, I mean, I get all of that. But um, and then to go to the rival team in the rival team of all teams in the same season, that's not a good look for Hugh Jackson. I mean, I got to be honest, I think a lot, you know, I've heard a lot of um, analysts really talk about this situation more so now because of what Baker Mayfield has come out and said, and a lot say, well, you got to make a living and all of that. And they got, you know, it, it's just kind of shaky to me that you would be the head coach of a team, get fired, and, you know, and, and in all fairness to Hugh Jackson, he was fired. It wasn't like he resigned. He was fired. But then to go to the Bengals, eh, not a good look. I'm not really feeling that situation at all. I got to be quite honest with you. Um, also, listen, also got to make mention of this. Texas Southern with a huge victory over Oregon 
in men's basketball. We don't really talk about basketball until really the start of January here on From the Press Box to Press Row most times. However, Texas Southern upset number 18 Oregon earlier in the week on Monday by a score of 89 to 84, a big time win. And of course, we had Johnny Jones, the head men's basketball coach at Texas Southern on the program a couple of weeks ago. Um, they had just defeated Baylor to open the season. I talked with him about playing up, you know, playing against Gonzaga that weekend that we talked to him uh, that Saturday and what, you know, he thought his chances or the chances of the Tigers in terms of beating Gonzaga. He just said, hey, we're going to go out and play our game. I think the Tigers actually got blown out by Gonzaga. But boy, what a win for Texas Southern over Oregon, number 18 in the country. So two huge wins by Texas Southern this season, one against Baylor and one against Oregon. And Texas Southern is rolling right now. SWAC Championship Talk still to come, but up next, actor, producer, director, Bill Duke. Mommy, where are we going? To the grocery store, honey. Oh, goody, Mommy. Can we buy an original bag of Marjorie's Beef Jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's Beef Jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I couldn't help myself, and I ate it all, and I was hoping that you could, like, help me replace it before he comes home from work. Why would you eat all of Dad's Beef Jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Thanks, Mom. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You can also purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com or call them toll free 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Marjorie's Beef Jerky has temporarily dropped her prices of beef jerky, saving you $2.49 per bag with a six-bag minimum purchase and a 12-bag limit per order. $8.25 for shipping up to 12 bags. The offer is only good while supplies last. Use promo code PICKANY6. Pick any, the number six. Go to Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com and order your bags of beef jerky right now using the promo code PICKANY6. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, the movie Tiger is in theaters now. One of the stars of the film, Janelle Parrish. Janelle Parrish going to join us on the program also going to talk about the swag championship game and get into a little hbcu football today here on the program of course that a little bit later on in the show let's continue here on from the press box to press row and got a very special guest on the line as a matter of fact um an icon when it comes to acting and to directing and uh this gentleman he has been in films or has acted in films such as Commando and Predator and 
Action Jackson, Bird on a Wire, Menace Society, X-Men, and of course has directed films like A Rage in Harlem and Deep Cover and Hoodlum and Sister Act 2 and some other shows from the 80s that we'll talk about more. His new book, Bill Duke, My 40-Year Career in Screen and Behind the Camera, is available now. He is Bill Duke. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Bill, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to have you. You know, I, I mean, I got to be honest, you know, again, when I, you know, when I was coming up uh, in the 80s and, uh, you know, I was, uh, I don't know, I'm 44 now, but we couldn't see rated R films. So I'd never seen Commando. I'd never seen Predator. The first time that I saw you and knew who you were was from a minister society. And of course, you had the very famous line. We'll keep it clean. You know you done don't messed up it, now. Yeah, you know it, you done messed up it. now. <laughs> talk, talk, you know what, what about what about that? In a, I think a whole generation of us that were you know teenagers and so forth really got to know you from Minister Society. Yes, I know. It was it was a great experience. The Hughes brothers are great writers and directors and good good people, man. And when they gave me that role and that line, I was really appreciative and. It's become something that followed me my entire career. I mean, I was, when I go out of the country, kids come up to me and say that line today. You got, I know you got, I know you, I know you, you, you keep it, I'm sure keep it clean with, with them. But I mean, for, you know, a, again, for you to be able to do that movie, was that, I don't know, had you done much um, prior to that was 1992 for Minister Society, and I know you know you had Action Jackson and Commando and all that. But how much work had you done in between, let's say Action Jackson, which I think was 88, to Minister Society, which was 92? I don't remember the exact things, but um, you know I had done also a television show called uh, it was uh, Palmerstown USA, which was you know the great Alex Haley who did Roots and Norman Lear came together and put a TV show together. And I co-starred in that with Jonelle Allen and some other good people. So, you know, it was, um, you know, and uh, also, you know, like um, directing some things. So, it, you know, I, I've been very fortunate, man, to, to have a pretty full career and, and to work with some people that I admire to this day. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's interesting because, in, again, in reading your bio, and I knew you had directed some films, but I had no idea you had directed episodes of Hill Street Blues and Miami Vice and Falcon Crest and Dallas, and those are shows that I grew up on. But, you know, for you to be able to, to direct those, particularly at that time as a black man, that is huge. So can you kind of talk about that and what that meant to you to be able to direct those iconic shows? Well, you know, I was very fortunate. Uh, um, uh, David Jacobs, who uh, did not, who's the, who's the executive of Not Landing, uh, let me do that show. Uh, I'll tell you a story about that at some point. Uh, but you know, it was challenging. I'm not going to lie. Um, um, I was the first black director um, on uh, Dallas, um, and it was the, it was the hit show of its time. And uh, I'll never forget. Um, I drove up to the gate uh, on my first day for pre-production, and I rolled my window down, and the security guard looks at me, and he says, um, who are you delivering for? Mm. So, you know, I wanted to say to him, 
I'm getting ready to deliver a can of whip ass to you, uh, <laughs> but I didn't because I would have been an angry black man then. Right. And instead I said, uh, no, sir, I'm, let's be some misunderstanding. I'm the first black director on Dallas, and they've asked me to deliver my talent. And so that, but the most satisfying thing was seeing the reaction on his face and his gas. That, I'll never forget that. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. And that you're right. That's unfortunate. And and of course, that being some in excess of 30 years ago. So what it, how how proud I mean, because you're a pioneer. I mean, that's the bottom line. Like you're a pioneer. We see all of these great directors, you know, uh, you know, we see the likes of in uh, more. So I guess in film, maybe more so with the Tyler Perry's. And then, of course, the, the, the Spike Lee's and, you know, I mean, the list goes on. We have the new the new directors, Ava and so on and so forth, man. How? You know, how, how, how does that make you feel to know that all of these directors that are doing big things now, you were you were really one of the first to do what they're you, – you, you blazed a trail for them, in, in, in effect. Well, thank you for that. Well, you know, there are people who blazed a trail for me, too. Uh, people like um, Ivan Dixon and Michael Schultz, who's still directing and is a great human being, you know. Um, Gordon Parks, you know, it was – it was my responsibility to try to give much back as I got from them because I'll never forget one day I was on uh, PBS shooting a film called, you know, The Meeting, but a meeting between Malcolm X and Dr. King, and uh, I was at my monitor directing, and I said, cut, and I felt this presence behind me, and it was Gordon Parks oh, who wow. directed a show before, and I turned around, and, you know, I, I was such an admirer of his, I just stared at him, he looked at him, and I couldn't say anything, so I said, sir, and he said, don't stop, I believe in you, and and that, that was that was a high moment for me. Wow. That the voice of actor, director, producer, Bill Duke, he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, his book, Bill Duke, My 40-Year Career on Screen and Behind the Camera, is available now, so Bill, talk to us about the book. What can we find in the book, and what what and what uh, made you write the book at this time? Well, you know, people have been asking me to write a book for many years, and as I get older, I realize that you know how much time do I have left, really. And so, um, three years ago, I started writing it, and as you know, writing is it seems glamorous, but it's as you know, it's an isolated experience. And um, you sit down and you go through your life and you got to choose what you think is, um, you know, significant. But I wanted to do something that, one, you know, tracked the, my life, which includes my parents and my family and my sister who helped me so much with their values and their work ethics, etc. And I never want them to be forgotten. And, and the history of the time also, Dr. King and Malcolm X and, and Rosa Parks and, and Megar Evers, and people who just sacrifice their lives. I mean, are, and you're in the book, and I think our children should know about them because to a certain extent they're not being taught these days. And uh, and then, you know, the, uh, the business of the industry. Um, I talk about how it's a business. People come into this with passion, but if you don't understand the business of it, it's, you know, just passion it leads to frustration. And uh, then, you know, I, I talk, I try to give little tidbits of information that may be helpful for people when they get frustrated and they get because the business of rejection as you know so people say don't take it personally but you know that's garbage because if you're rejected and you go up for, for 
10 rolls in a, in, a, in a month and they say, no, 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 not you. Somebody can take it personal. So I try to help them understand that it's not personal and some of the things they got to do to uh, kind of franchise themselves. Yeah. So, you know, what, what made you sort of decide to get into acting ultimately? I believe when you started your career, it was on Broadway. Uh, yes. Um, I, you know, I went to the uh, Boston University. Lloyd Richards, the first black director on Broadway, did Raising in the Sun, and he was my mentor. And uh, then um, I followed him to NYU School of the Arts. And, you know, he gave my first job at the Negro Ensemble Company. Uh, and then I followed him out to L.A. and as his assistant. So Lloyd was a, a great, great factor in my life, and I'll never forget him for all he did for me. And um, once I got the bug, it, it was hard to kick it, you know. Um, and with the many, many ups and downs, I had support from people in the industry. But, but theater was the first, and, um, uh, you know, Gilbert Moses uh, who did Slave Ship. I did that and traveled around the world with that and then came back and did um, Anchor of Die a Natural Death on Broadway. So um, I had a lot of people who believed in me and fortunately um, I didn't disappoint them. So that's why I'm here today. Absolutely. We had, I think I think it was last year, we had Mario Van Peebles on the program, talked with him about his dad, Melvin Van Peebles, you mentioned Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death. How much interaction did you have uh, or do you, uh, you know, have with 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 Melvin, and how much did he shape your career? Well, I haven't talked to Melvin in a while, but Melvin was listen. Mel- Melvin Melvin was a pioneer, man. Uh, his first film, I forgot the name of the film. Um, where um, anyway, his first film was uh, encouraging, uh, showing a black man of courage and heroism, etc. And he had two plays. I think the only black in history that at two plays that he produced on Broadway, they were on Broadway at the same time. And many people don't know this, but, you know, Melvin was a stock market agent. You know, he came from Wall Street. Did you know that? No, I did not. No, I didn't. Actually, I did not. Yeah, yeah he came from Wall Street. That's how he raised most of the money for everything, because he was a Wall Street genius, one of the first blacks. Hmm. And so uh, he was a great instructor to us all, not only in terms of, of you know, theater but also in film but in terms of business very smart very wise sit down and have conversations and he used to talk to us about business you know hey bill can you hold the line for me one second and of course we're talking with actor director producer bill duke here on from the press box to press row he's got a new book out we want to dive a little bit more into the book and of course talk more about his phenomenal absolutely phenomenal career by now you should in fact know who bill duke is as i said a little bit earlier on in the program you may not know the name but you'll definitely are going to learn more after this small pause for the cause this is from the press box to press row the great bill duke joins us here on the program again his book bill duke my 40 year career in screen on screen i should say and behind the camera is available now um, you know, for, okay, so let me, let me throw this name out here to you and then you tell me what comes to mind. Abdullah Mohammed Akbar, <laughs> your first role <laughs> in Car Wash. What, what comes to your mind? What do you remember about, about Car Wash? Man, um, it was, it's hard to even explain what a joy it was to work with George Carlin, 
uh, Danny DeVito, um, Ivan Dixon, Richard Cryer, the Pointer Sisters, and uh, directed by the uh, great, um, you know, uh, it, it, it was it was like, you know, how can I say? Um, it was a collaborative experience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Michael yep. Schultz directed it. He was a great director and great friend. Uh, and I thought it was a pioneering venture because it was an ensemble piece. It was it had music in it, drama, but it also had a message about the time. And Abdullah really was new to a great extent because I was a frustrated young black man living in America and, and grew up in segregation and angering me and stuff. But what he did and what the writers did is that they showed the humanity of the character. When he cries at the end and Ivan Dixon's arms and he's trying to rob the car wash and he talks about his frustration. Uh, I, I just, I and mean, it's one of the roles that I really appreciate having and, and showed me as a human being. Do you, I don't, how much has the business really changed? Like we can, you know, like I said, I'm in, in my mid forties and you know, we can, we can look back and maybe we have it better. Maybe I have it a little bit better than my parents had it. And then my parents had it better than my grandparents had it, so on and so forth. But you know, from how how has the the landscape in Hollywood changed? Are are things in fact better? Whether it's from I, I would uh, I would think from a roles perspective and things we're able to do, but also from a business size. Like, are things better now than maybe they once were? I think in certain ways they are better. They can they must continue to improve. As you see, we're living in an in an era of division, uh, and that we. We have to come together because we're facing some big challenges. But Hollywood, yes, there's more inclusion. Um, I think there be, needs to be a great deal more in terms of ratio of the number of films that Hollywood puts out per year. We have a larger number than we did, but we need to have a larger percentage in terms of films that represent, you know, black people in a holistic, positive. I mean, we can appreciate reality shows, but. When I travel to Europe, many times we're seen as a culture in the face of those reality shows. And I like to have us be seen more in, you know, the realm of every human family in the world. Um, people who are struggling just for, you know, their lives and their dreams and their goals. And we don't see enough of that yet, you know. Um, I appreciate the comedy and all that stuff and the action, but I want to see more of as human beings and all the things we go through and also from historical dramas because I know you're not going to believe this but you know a lot of black kids uh, don't know who Megar ever ever Evers was yeah yeah they, they don't they don't know who Rosa Parks was do you know what I'm saying I do I do and that it shouldn't be that way because those people sacrificed everything so that these kids could be here today yeah, I like to see more films that really talk about that. No, absolutely, and I think it's an interesting point. Um, it, one of the things that really bothers me—I mean, it, it really bothers me. Like, I like my wife loves, especially around this time of year, to look at the Hallmark Channel, and then we and we look at, you know, we look at it. In the films, there are good; they're positive films for the most part. Um, they, you know, they they have the Christmas theme and all of that. The issue is, however, and I, I know it's changing this year with respect to Hallmark, but it's it's we're we're never the star. We may have a a supporting role, but we're never the stars of those films. It's never 
never like an all-black cast or anything like that. So I, I think that's changing for Hallmark. But, you know, sort of what are your thoughts on that? I, mean, I don't know. Have you ever approached Hallmark about doing a, uh, you know, about, about doing a film? Yeah, I was supposed to direct a film for them like maybe nine or ten years ago, and uh, it never happened. Uh, but I think you're right. I think there needs to be a greater representation of us holistically, not just as bit parts, but that we're the central story and that it's about our humanity. And I keep going back to that. You know, a lot of things we do, we're laughing, dancing, singing, we're killing, shooting, dying, whatever it is, okay? But how about the fact that there are fathers and mothers and aunts and uncles and children that are going through the same thing that every human being on this planet is going through and that we can identify with our humanity. And I keep going back to our humanity, not our complexion, but our humanity and in an inclusive way, not just, well, maybe we'll do one or two this year. No, on a consistent basis. Yeah. Uh, A couple of last thoughts with Bill Duke again. The book, Bill Duke, My 40-Year Career, on screen and behind the camera is available now. So you're, you know, you're a pretty tall guy. Did you play ball coming up? I played, but poorly. <laughs> uh, I, I played. I played. You ever, you ever see? Um, what's his name? Charles Barkley play golf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's why. That's why I played ball. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I love Charles Barkley. Don't misunderstand me. Right. But Charles Barkley. Swinging that golf club, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, that is pretty funny. But now, so, are, but are you now? Are you a sports fan? Oh yeah, man. Come on, I I, I love. I just love um, football, basketball, and boxing. Um, those are my favorites. Um, and um, you know, also in terms of sports, it's not a real sport, but it's a black sport. There's a card game called Big Whist. You yeah. ever hear of it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, guess what? I I, I I make I beat folks all the time. Me, Robert Townsend and I are Big Whist partners, and we play all around the country, man. Guess what? We I, I always say, if anybody wants to play us in Big Whist, we'll beat them till they confess the things they didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, as a matter of fact, I've more recently, I would say in the last, I don't know, five or six years, I was more of a spades guy. But you're right, Bidwist is, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a better game. I mean, that's just sort of the bottom line, you know, with you that. Gotta kick, you got to kick, kick spades up a notch, man. You do. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you're right. So, so who's your Who's your Who's your NFL team? You said a football. Who's Who's your NFL team? And, and basketball's here too. Well, you know, I'm a LeBron James fan, man, and okay. I I get, I get I get a lot of hate for that. Uh, but you know, everybody want Michael Jordan. I appreciate Michael Jordan, but LeBron James is one of the greatest ever, man, in my opinion. And also, not only as a player, but do you see what he did in um, in uh, Ohio for that school and the parents and everything. Yeah. I just, I just think that speaks, and and then and then you know something else happened, man. That that really, he has a a mansion. I think it's in Bel Air, and I don't know if you heard about this, but like, uh, office earlier this year, um, yeah. somebody sprayed the 
Yeah. Uh, word nigger across his front gate. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I, I just, uh, you know, and he, his response was something like, uh, I don't know the exact word, but closer to like, you know, I'm with Bond James. I'm famous. I have more money than I can spend, but I'm a black man in America. I always be a nigger. Um, I just thought I just thought he was brilliant and classy. Um, in terms of um, so in terms of uh, football, it's hard, man. I like Wilson, you know. I like Seattle, um, mm-hmm. but they're inconsistent. And yep. I but la- hey, but they hurt Green Bay last night. <laughs> they did. You're right. They did. Did you see that game? That was a good. That was a good game. It was. It was. And uh, I just, I just like Wilson. I think he's smart. He, 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 he runs. He, I mean, he's just a great player with a great spirit and great courage. I, I like him a lot. So, yeah. and also the Rams this year, man. But I don't know. You know, you know. I think they can do a lot. I just hope that they, that they do. You know. Yeah. No doubt about it. Follow him on Twitter at real bill. Duke, and of course, his new book, Bill Duke, My 40-Year Career, on screen and behind the camera, is available now. He is the one and only Bill Duke. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Bill, it's an honor to catch up with you. Continued success. Actually, before I let you get away, what do you what do you have upcoming currently? What do you have that's sort of upcoming in terms of projects? Well, there's a couple of things. I'm in a film, a film called Mandy. It's on, you, can, you can get it in the theaters or online with Nicolas Cage. Mm. Nicholas is brilliant in the movie. We, we, we filmed it in Brussels, Belgium this year, and uh, it's been doing very, very, very well, thank God. Um, I have another film I shot with Steven Soddenberg a few months ago um, called High Flying Birds, about the politics of basketball. The thing about that that was amazing, though, my friend, he shot the, uh, the entire film with, I think, five iPhone 8s. Oh, wow. And and and, and the, he had no lighting crew hardly at all. It was mostly available lights. And then uh, when they did the dolly shots, they rolled them around in the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so it's like a whole new model. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. We'll be on the lookout for both of those. Appreciate it, Bill. Hey, my friend, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. God bless you. Hope you enjoyed that interview with the legendary Bill Duke here on From the Press Box to Press Row. It's always good to be able to talk with gentlemen that have experienced a lot in the industry that are, in fact, pioneers. And so it was great to be able to really, and I hope you got a lot out of that interview with Bill Duke. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. While we have a couple of minutes here in the segment, of course, the SWAT championship game taking place on Saturday in Lorman, Mississippi, on the campus of Alcorn State, as Alcorn State is going to host Southern. And I, I thought that Southern would win that game against Grambling last week. They, in fact, did. So, Listen, I think this is going to be a good football game. If you saw that game, Ladarius Skelton, the quarterback for Southern, is the absolute truth. The guy uh, completed just eight of 14 passes, but eight of the three of those eight passes completed were for touchdowns. He threw the ball decent, but the passes that he completed were really, really nice passes. Plus he has the ability to run the football. I think one of the things, the one of the advantages, and I think Alcorn State 
is going to win this football game. I think one of the advantages that Alcorn State has is they've seen this type of quarterback before. They've got a good defense. Alcorn State has a good defense, something that tends to be lacking in the SWAC and Alcorn State is really, really good defensively. I think it's going to be a close football game. Um, but I think ultimately Alcorn State has been there so many times. They've been in this championship game the last five years. And um, I think ultimately they're going to get the victory over Southern. But it's going to be a good football game. And, uh, uh, you know, again, Southern getting over the hump of grambling. Finally, after all of these years, the Jaguars we're finally able to get it done. Still to come here on from the press box to press row, we may be able to talk more swack, more HBCU football, but you can always log on to our website at boxtorow.com and listen to the HBCU football daily podcast. I talked extensively about the swack championship game as well as what to look forward to in HBCU football moving forward. Up next, actress Janelle Parrish. The radio program that's talking sports from New York City to Cali and globally on the World Wide Web. From the press box to press row continues after this. Mommy, where are we going? To the grocery store, honey. Oh, goody, Mommy. Can we buy an original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I couldn't help myself, and I ate it all, and I was hoping that you could, like, help me replace it before he comes home from work. Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Thanks, Mom. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You can also purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com or call them toll free 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Let's continue here on from the press box to press row. The film Tiger is in theaters now, as a matter of fact. And one of the stars of the film joins us on the line. And you may know her from Pretty Little Liars. You may also know her from Bratz. She is Janelle Parrish. She joins us here on from the press box to press row. Janelle, welcome to the program. Absolutely. Glad to have you. So I got to ask you, you're recently married. You've joined the club with a lot of us. How does it, how, how's married life? I'm super happy to join the club. It's been <laughs> so far. We got married almost three months ago. It was perfect. We got married in Hawaii where I'm from with all of our family and friends. And, um, you know, it's just pretty great. I love, I love saying the word husband. So I try to use it at least 20 times a day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Actually, I do. So, you know, so I want to talk about your part. Of course, you play the part or the role of Charlotte, a lawyer in the film uh, Tiger. And it was a very compelling film, as a matter of fact. I want to start here um, with you. How 
Because one of the things I think I didn't know, even though Mickey Rourke is in this film and he's you know been doing a lot of things for uh, uh, acting and so forth for a long period of time, I don't know if I knew that he was a boxer uh, back in the day. So how was it working with Mickey yeah. and the rest of the cast? Um, Mickey's amazing. He's such a legend. I was so intimidated on my first day with him. But then he got to set, and he's just so professional, and he's so in character once those cameras start rolling that you forget that you're working with Mickey Rourke. And he just kind of takes you away from all that, and you just find yourself getting lost in the scene with him. Watching him work is amazing and just such a great experience. Um, yeah, and as far as, as boxing goes, I know that Prem and Michael were super excited that they got to work with Mickey, who actually is a boxer. I know he gave them some tips. Um, I know they trained at his gym where he actually did, you know, train and, and box for a while. Um, so I think that they were super, super excited to, to you know, kind of have his guidance with that. Sure. Now, for you, did you know anything about this story prior to making the film? I did not. Once I read the script, I was so, I was so just moved by his story, um, Pardeep's story and his passion and his, his, um, fight for his rights and, you know, against all odds that I, I looked it up and, you know, Prim had obviously done a lot of um, research on Pardeep before he played him and actually got together with him and spoken to him. So we chatted a lot about, about his story. I mean, he's just such an impressive man. And from what I hear, is still doing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uh, <clears throat> things, you know, he's still fighting for his community and stuff like that. He's still doing a lot of really great things. Yeah. No, no question about it. Of course, you, uh, you mentioned Prem Singh, and he plays the role of of, uh, of Pardeep Nagra. And, uh, I mean, you know, again, he starts out as this, this soccer player. It doesn't work out for him. He becomes this boxer. And then, of course, you as a lawyer, you play the role of really fighting for his rights in terms of um, being able to have his beard. And that was one of the things that he could not do. So kind of take us through that and really who Charlotte is in this role, in this film. Yeah, so Charlotte is kind of, she's kind of a rough around the edges. Um, she's a very smart lawyer, but she kind of grew up on the wrong side of the tracks and definitely has like a feisty, fiery side to her. Um, she meets Pardeep, it's just a job at first, you know, she takes on his case. And through working with Pardeep, she really comes to love and respect his passion. Um, and through that, he really quite softens her. And his fight kind of becomes her personal fight now because she she just falls in love with with how you know fearless he is with pursuing his rights um and i think it kind of changes her as well so it's kind of fun to watch her go through this journey can you a lot of attitudes really are changed in this film that for instance the one attitude uh, the the one that i most noted uh, i would say would be his uncle um in pardeep's uncle um, in, in this film, so yeah. can you kind of can you kind of talk about that and just because he's a bit of a hothead, really, that's why he didn't the soccer thing didn't work out for him and the boxing thing almost mm -hmm. didn't work out for him. But can you kind of speak to how he you know changed perception people's perception of him? Yeah, so you see Pardeep in the beginning, you see him kind of lost. He doesn't quite know who he is. He definitely doesn't love or respect himself yet. You know, he doesn't quite have self worth, and he you know, sort of lashes out with his temper and is picking fights and is sort of self-sabotaging. He's living with his uncle and his aunt who are from India. 
um, his uncle's a little bit more uh, a little bit more modern in his Sikhism. He, he actually says later that he sort of he he denounced Sikhism to in order to kind of fit in more and feel more like you know more invisible in America. He didn't want to be he didn't want to stick out as much. It, it scared him, you know, to be seen as different. Um, but Pardeep is like, no, I'm definitely going to stick to my Sikhism. It's important to me. Um, and then when he discovers boxing, um, you know, he really learns through the sport to kind of learn a little bit more self-control, more self-love, um, discipline. And he's kind of changed in that way. And, and then there's this wonderful scene with the uncle where he says to Pardeep, you know, you, you are my hero. You chose to fight. You chose to, against all odds, stay true to who you are, no matter what. And that's something that I couldn't do. And I'm so proud of you. And it's, it's one of the best scenes in the entire movie. Yeah. That the voice of Janelle Parrish, actress and singer. She joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The film Tiger is in theaters now. Go and check it out. So were you like, were you into, were you into boxing? Are you into boxing? <laughs> I definitely had not known that much about boxing, but seeing this film, I, I found myself really getting riled up, getting super <laughs> into it, jumping up to my feet and being like, yeah, I get it. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe I'll start taking some boxing lessons. I heard it's an amazing workout, but I have to say the boxing scenes in this movie are super, super awesome. And the boys really did train and they're doing all their own boxing and it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, no question about it. Um, so for you, you know, I mentioned actress and singer. So are you going to be doing any singing? Are you you still doing singing? I know at one time you, you know, you were signed, you had a, a record and so forth. How's kind of the singing career coming along? Um, well, singing is actually the, yeah, it's the first thing I ever started out doing when I was six. I started out on Broadway, did a lot of theater and, um, you know, singing, songwriting, all those things. But acting's kind of become my main thing in the last, you know, 15 years or so. But I found my way back to the stage a lot, which I love. Um, you know, it's my first love being on stage. So I just finished a run in Toronto at the, the Winter Garden. I played Sandy in Greece, which was amazing, for about six months. Um, and now I'm up in Portland. I'm working on um, my new show, which is the uh, the Pretty Little Liars spinoff, Pretty Little Liars, The Perfectionist. So I don't have time to do singing at the moment, but it's definitely something that I always want to do the second I get some time. No question. I mean, Pretty Little Liars had a nice little run, as you mentioned. The spinoff is going on now. Matter as a matter of fact, one of your co-stars, Shay Mitchell, has a. Uh, I think a film also coming out this weekend as well. So, you know, how, how do you guys yeah. from the, yeah, do <laughs> you guys, 30th, I know, right? Day, it's crazy. So are, are you guys able to sort of keep in touch and so forth? Yeah. You know, when you, when you do a show with, with the same people for seven years, like they kind of become your family. So I think we all have been really good about supporting each other and staying in touch whenever, you know, Troy and Belisario just had a baby girl, um, and you know, things when things like that happen, big life things, you definitely reach out to those people that you spent so much time with. You're happy for them, so we definitely all still have a very good relationship. No doubt about it. Of course, that the voice of Janelle Parrish joins us here on the program. The film is called Tiger, and it is in theaters now. So, I mean, I don't. Do you, are you really? Are you? Do you have a lot of sports interests, Janelle? I have to say I'm not the sportiest girl. Michael and Prem, who star in this film, like I said, they, they boxed and trained for years for this film. And they actually asked me if I wanted to come and train with them. And I was way too much of a what? I was like, no, I can't. I'm going to leave that to you guys. Um, definitely more of a dancer. Um, I competed uh, in 2014 on yep. Dancing with Stars, and I took third 
And that was amazing and so much fun, and I kind of found that I could be a little bit more athletic than I thought, but in general, not so much of a sports girl. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to ask you. I mean, you you guys you guys did very well. I mean, I know it's a it's a competition you. where you know you, the fans vote and well, not the, the fans so much, but I'm saying you guys really could have won that year in 2014 with Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, thank you. It was really it was one of the most challenging things I'd ever done for myself, physically and emotionally as well. And you really learn to kind of push yourself to past what you think your breaking point is and learn that you can do things that you didn't think you could do. Um, and so I'm very, very proud of my run on that show, absolutely. And lastly, with Janelle Parrish, and we appreciate the time, what is it that you hope that people take away from the film, Tiger? I hope that when people see this film, that they're as moved as we all are about the story, about this man's fight, no matter what, against all odds, against you know discrimination and and constantly feeling like an outsider and constantly feeling misunderstood this man is like no i i have a right to use my voice and i have a right to fight for the things that i believe in just like anybody else whether it's religion or you know race or sexual preference whatever it is you have a right to fight for anything that you believe in and he certainly does and we're just really honored to be able to tell his story Again, the film is Tiger. It is in theaters now. One of the stars of the film is Janelle Parrish, and she joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Go and check out the film. Janelle, we appreciate the time. Continued success in all you do. Thank you so much. Nice to talk to you. Good to talk with you as well, Janelle. Janelle Parrish joining us here on the program. Had a chance to check out the film Tiger. It's a solid film. It's it's very compelling, so I invite you to check it out. Got to get ready to get out of here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to Janelle Parrish, also to Bill Duke for joining us on the program. The HBCU Football Daily Podcast is on our website, talked extensively about the Grambling Southern game and the upcoming SWAC championship game. Log on to our website at boxerow.com and click on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast logo. Want to welcome our newest affiliate, And those listening to us on Hot 97.9 FM in Raleigh, thank you for making From the Press Box to Press Row a part of your day. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. Come in. If you make a little love